Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. Uh, I'm Tim. And the topic, uh, the title of our podcast today is What Happened to Pearl Bryan's Head? Pearl Bryan was a young lady um, here in the tri-state area here in southwest Ohio and uh, southeast Indiana. Um, It's been a murder mystery for about 100 years. Uh, Her body was found, um, but her head has never been found. So we're going to talk about this um, ghastly uh, event. But before we do, um, let me introduce our panel. As always, I'm joined by the very talented and lovely, pill-popping, penis-loving, and Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm all right, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. Are you excited about this story? Yeah. This so, is kind of a, so excited. A local Legend. Are we going to solve a mystery? Well, it's not so much of a mystery. Uh, well, I guess where her head is is kind of a mystery. But it's also connected to a local ghost story. Um, Bobby Mackey's, which is a nightclub here in, the Cincinnati, designer. Here in Cincinnati. They had and the riding bull. They had to make it first mechanical bull around here. Yeah, they had the first Mackey's mechanical bull. And I used to, I, I, I've been in Bobby Mackey's four or five times. I've never seen a ghost, though. Didn't he dress Cher? I don't know. I That's Bobby Trendy. Yeah. No, it's not Bobby Trendy. It's, <laughs> I think it's Bobby Mackey. Bobby Mackey was a country mm. singer. Well, a, you ever been he on also a, had wonderful taste in tacky women's clothes. Have you ever been on a mechanical bull devil? Yes. <laughs> Do you have one in your in your little repertoire of toys there in your closet? The mechanical bull. Well, that's a stupid statement. <laughs> of course you do. I'm sorry. No. I wrote one in Thailand. Too big. Too big. I wrote one in Thailand. Did you? I mean, these waitresses, they would ride the thing backwards and see so they'd do a reverse cowgirl and stuff on them. And I mean, they could stay in them all day. And I thought, well, how? If this little waitress can stay on it, I can stay on it. How could it be? How could it be for 30 seconds? Yeah, I stayed on like four seconds. I saw one girl, though, they got it going. She was on there trying to be all sexy. And then they kind of got it going a little bit, and she hit her head on the front of the board and knocked her off. It was yeah. the funniest fucking thing I ever saw. It kind of, yeah, it's hard to look sexy when you get when you hit your head. Well, yeah, when you hit, but just get off. I mean, yeah. there's no reason. I have. Uh, well, you haven't I been haven't, introduced yet. Oh, okay. Could you introduce? You really me? haven't. I'm also joined by the uh, very talented, uh, a man of God, uh, the man who does the Lord's work around here. A man who's going on vacation soon, and that is the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard 
Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm 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 amused today, Timmy. Um, and and let me tell you first, I'll tell you why I'm amused. But I'm the mechanical bull thing. Um, have you ever called somebody by the wrong name, Timmy? I'm sure I have in the past. Yeah. yeah well. Yeah. Don't do it in the in the act of uh, when you're in the middle of coitus, Timmy. Well, I've heard people. I've been called daddy some. <laughs> well, well I, I, I've I've, I've been called grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. They had a Popeye thing. They had a Popeye so, thing. Uh, you know, whatever, Colonel Sanders. Say whatever you want. You know, <laughs> you didn't really care. I'm not at that through. point. No. But if you ever, if you, if you're married and you call the missus the wrong name while you're in the act, it's like writing well, yeah, a mechanical you, you, book. If you hold on real tight, they just called Renee by a different name. It was an accident. I was watching Sports Center at the same time. Shit, Timmy. Oh, I, I I see. So you got called out Tim Tebow or something? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching. It was a long time ago, and I was like, "Elway," and, okay. uh, and I just held on real tight, and it was like riding a mechanical bull. So but I'll tell you what, I'm Timmy. You were you were fantasizing about John Elway during your, your no? It, he just came on the screen, and he's one of my heroes, and oh, I just I um, but my but my boy, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to talk about DePaul. University a little bit, yes. Right, but my son goes to DePaul. Yeah, they're two different universities. Um, and I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be spending time with the three boys. And one of the boys, Taylor, is just completely crazy. He's completely crazy. Everything in the world is a slight directed personally at him. <laughs> and I'll see. That's he's like the way Donald Jay Trump. Feels. He's like Donald J. Trump. Yeah. And he, so he, he gets a book, The Old Man from the Sea, from the DePaul Library. And, and somehow that's a slight toward him? And it got... It, Hemingway? He, was it Hemingway? he damaged it. Uh-huh. So to, he went to register for some classes, and they, char- they were charging him $70 to replace the book. Ooh. So he's standing there, and he's talking to uh, Jamil, is, was the guy's name, uh-huh. Jamil. And he's like, okay... How about I go down to the bookstore and buy you a copy of Old Man by the Sea? Mm-hmm. And because I'm, t- I'm like, what, what? He's like, I'm going to need your help, Dad. And I'm like, what do you need my help with? He's like, I got to burn down the whole damn library at DePaul. I'm like, is this, uh, is this for the greater good or is this for right. something you've done? And he's like, no, it's for the greater good, Dad. They're taking advantage of people. To, they're just basically what they're doing is illegal. I think they got John Gotti running the library at. The Paul and I was like, "Well, what happened?" So he tells me he loses this book. He's got to pay seventy dollars. So uh, I said, "Well, you know," he said. I, I told Jim, I was like, "I'm gonna go buy the book. I'll bring it back here. Where even? I buy a brand new copy." Mm-hmm. He said, "Now I checked this out, Dad, and nobody had checked this book out since before I was born, <laughs> and they want to charge me seventy dollars." So mm-hmm. Jamal. Tells him that in fact he cannot do that. He cannot replace the book. He must pay the fine. Yeah, and Taylor's the first edition or something. No, Taylor said it was just a junk soft right. cover thing. Okay. And he said, "I'm explain, Jamal. Do you see how wrong this is? Do you see I could bring you in a brand new copy and you put the little thing in the back and it's the same as what the you fuck would does never this have to do with anything. I have like, zoned out. You, I'm just just play Candy Crush." I'm so, disengaged. So Jamal tells him, I cannot do that. Psh, that's and he says, that's 
And he's like, why can't you do that? And he said, I don't know. Those are just the rules. Mm-hmm. He said, so, Jamal, what you're telling me here, Jamal, is you're just following orders. And, and you have to know Taylor to know how this makes sense. And he says... I guess, I guess, yes, I'm just following orders. And he says, you do understand, Jamal. That's how the Holocaust happened, right? I don't think it was had anything to do with the old man (laughs) in the sea, though. He said, people like you to just follow orders, see, that's how the Holocaust happened. And I said, so what you say... Taylor is quite the philosopher. So you're equating Taylor. Taylor is quite the drama queen. (laughs) He is. He is. I said, what you're equating is the genocide of a whole people, six million people, to your having to pay $60 for the book. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, I wrote them a very terse letter and told them that if I do, in fact, get my $60 back from this book, it will be... The first time that this useless fucking English degree I got from you has ever paid off. <laughs> I said, well, son, you picked the English degree. They didn't. <laughs> I can't blame them for that. And he's, of course, you know, on top of that, he's got a philosophy degree. So right. he's, he's a very difficult person to try to reason with. But he, he yeah, he basically, he basically called Jamal a Nazi. A book Nazi. A book Nazi. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and still feels that he's in the right. Well, and you know what? Jamal is still going to make his $8.25 an hour, <laughs> no matter what he says. He's, he's a fucking intern there. He probably ain't even getting paid. <laughs> All right. So you I got, got some shout-outs here. Yes, shout-outs. We got a new listener today, uh, Christina Montana. Well, she's. I'm not sure she's a new listener. She's new to our group. No, I'm sorry, new to our page. Yeah. Um, she's um, related to Tony Montana. Oh. From Scarface. Yeah, Scarface. Yes, yeah. Tony Montana, little sister. So you don't I, want to mess with Christina. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, Thank you for listening, Christina. Jennifer Burdick. Mm-hmm. Hello to you. Um, Trish Hillard, who's little little girl, and I say little girl, she's 18. Maybe I could arrange a marriage with her daughter and Logan. Trying to get rid of that boy. You really are. Um Beautiful, beautiful little girl, Janae, just got back to one of the Lord's work down in the Dominican Republic. Um, so she I love the Dominican Republic. I had a girlfriend there once until I blew it. Well, I can tell you about it if you like. No. Would you like to know? Well, I'll get, know. let me get through my shout outs so you right. can tell it's me about your broken bitch. heart. Um, I know, I blew it. Patty Wooten. Hello. Hi, Patty. Um, I would like to give it a shout out. This was put on our page to the lady that got caught having sex with the dog. Okay, We're gonna give we have to explain that. On we have the History Dweebs, the podcast group. We post a lot of different stuff there, and people post a lot of different stuff there. And there was one today that was posted the same what, Colonel? Um, the lady was having intercourse with a puppy. Okay. With a, well, I wouldn't imagine a puppy. I was imagining it was a full full grown dog. It was an inappropriate relationship, nonetheless. Well, it depends so on gross. I, I, you know what? Do you think the dog's really scarred by? Do you think we're going to have to send a dog to doggy therapy? I mean, it, I you know, it, 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 it is animal. It's frowned it's, upon. It's okay. animal abuse. And then Come we on. got somebody posted about the woman getting pregnant with the corpse. Now, I'm just saying, and I said it on the page, if the woman can, can, coax, can coax an erection out of a dead man, I want to try those skills out. Maybe it was Ray Morris. Gross. Yeah. 
Well, I'm just saying. Do you really want to try those skills? I, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind a shot Knowing at that where one. that's been. Mm, yeah. Well, I'd wear a condom. Jahara, how you doing? Um, you have to wear somebody else's dick. Jahara actually posted something about mother and sons but being in love. Break so a dead man and just use that. That was crazy. Well, you know, Timmy, you've you've. Well, no, yeah, I, I, for all the married men out there, some of us know what necrophilia is like. But uh, <laughs> and just, I have no idea what necrophilia is like, nor do I plan to find it's, out. It's it's basically when they're on their Kindle and you're you know they're watching Amazon Prime or whatnot and saying hurry up and get this done with. Uh, Erica, hello to you, Nicola, and Shannon, my the the, the basically the gears that keep Team Colonel going, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Williams, we have not heard from her on the page, and she was ill, so I hope she's better. Right? Yeah, of course. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jessica Williams, she was yeah. ill. Maybe she's just busy. Jennifer Siemens and her mother, Linda Middleton. Linda Middleton sent me a, uh, just an awesome, awesome video of her little um, grandson wrestling. Oh, cool. He's like eight years old. Hysterical as hell. I'll show you the video. Teresa, how you doing? Lisa Lockridge, how you doing? And Kirsty, how are you? Now, last but not least, Lady Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you hope you things are all, you're feeling better and everything's getting. They're finding out what's what you got going on there. And Dottie, yes, the lovely Dottie. Yes, she liked our last episode on... Even Dottie liked it even yeah, though nobody she, got chopped up. Even though, yeah, the last episode was the uh, curious case of jo- um, uh, Lawrence Joseph Bader. She liked it. Yeah, Dottie she, likes a lot of chopping up stuff. Yeah, she likes the serial killers, but she, lo- she, she actually liked that podcast. So she said to tell you guys you did a wonderful job. Well, we um, appreciate that. I have just a, a couple shout-outs. And that... Uh, shout out to our sponsors, those who support us through Patreon. Cindy Lou, Bridget, Alicia and Chip, and Jahara, thank you all very much. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com back history slash history dweebs. We appreciate it very much. Because the colonel needs a new pair of shoes, too. No, you do not. Um, I'm going to do this with my sunglasses on because I feel like a celebrity, Timmy. Yeah, you look like a celebrity with your sunglasses on. Um, let's Are you get, with us here, Devil, or what you're doing over I here? disengaged a while ago with you yammering on. Okay, so let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the um, headless corpse, uh, Pearl Bryan. This is, like I said, this is a local story. So to set, uh, we're going to be talking about different locations here. So for those of you who are not familiar with the Cincinnati area, Cincinnati is in southeast or southwest Ohio, uh, and it borders northern Kentucky and southeast Indiana. So we'll be talking about locations in Cincinnati, in Indiana, and in northern Kentucky. But just for your reference, um, you'll know that we're talking about a lot of 30-mile radius, Colonel, something like that. So even though we're throwing you know, different locations out, it's real, we're all in the same tri-state area. So, Pearl Bryan, let's talk about her. Um, it has been a mystery. Uh, her death has been a mystery in the greater Cincinnati area for more than 100 years. So, we mentioned earlier one local club, Saloon, Bobby Mackey's. It's a kind of nightclub. They have live music and dancing and stuff. It's it was really the biggest club. It was, if you were into country, 
country music. It was about the biggest club around here. I mean, it was, yeah. it, and, and it was it was nationally known. Yeah, Bobby well, it's Bates still there. Country. It's still it's, yeah. still it's still open, uh, and it's known for this ghost. And if you watch Ghost Hunters or what, uh, uh, you know, some of those shows on cable, uh, it's been featured on a number of them. So, but this is a true story of uh, Pearl's death, um, and it's it's a bit complicated. Um, and the truth may never really what happened may never be known but we're going to tell you what what we know as much as we know from the research what is known is that a beautiful 22 year old pregnant young lady was found dead her headless body was found in a field in northern Kentucky uh, in Fort Thomas, Kentucky Um, today there's a YMCA that sits on the site where her body was found and I go past it every day um, she, Pearl Bryan was born in Greencastle, Indiana in 1874. She was the daughter of a wealthy farmer. She was the youngest of 12 children. And can you imagine having 12 children? I can't imagine doing it 12 times. Yeah, that means you have to have sex at least. Well, I mean, if you have triplets, you, you get, get it down to four. Well, that's what Renee did. She had twins, yeah. just so she wouldn't have, have to do have, it again. Yeah, just so she wouldn't have to have sex with you twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, good plan. Anyway, she was the youngest of 12 children of a prominent family, and by the age of 22, she was one of the most popular young ladies in the area. She graduated from Greencastle, Indiana High School in 1892 and had, you know, had her fair share of suitors. I'm sure, Brandy, you had your suitors in your day. You had some suitors? Oh, Brandy had in suitors. In day? Yeah, in your day. Back in the day when you was in high school. You had suitors? Parking in cars along the lane. I've had suitors, yes. Okay. Did they court you? Yes. Okay. How, and how, just curious, how would you court the devil, Timmy? Carefully. No, I'm just... Uh, you need a strategy. <laughs> I would. Yeah, how, how did people court the devil? I don't think flowers and candy would get it. I, I think you. I think. I mean, the people would people bring in you like crack, eels eyes, crack and, cocaine. Yeah, it, stuff like that. Did they bring you human hearts? Did they rip out of people? I mean, what? How do you court you? How did it they win your heart? To you that I wasn't like this in high school, but I developed this from years and years of being around the two of you. Oh. No, that didn't occur, occur to me. All. That didn't occur to me. You could not. Uh, you cannot perfect evil in this short time. Well, I'm an overachiever, so I think I could. Okay, so you're saying that before you met us, you were <laughs> I Mary had, Tyler Moore. And I what? had birds that flew around my head. I was yeah, like birds. Snow White. Oh, tweet, 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 all around. I did. All right. I'm not buying that one. Okay, Pearl. And if I call her Pearl Bailey at some point, <laughs> it's because I have Alzheimer's. Okay, Pearl was uh, Pearl Bryan was described as a Sunday school uh, Sunday school, or she was a Sunday school uh, worker teacher. Uh, she was vivacious and a social favorite. So she had bright blue eyes, blonde hair, um, shaded to auburn, a pretty face, uh, and almost a flawless. Complexion. She was an unspoiled country lass. Did she have ample breasts? Well, yeah, I think so. I've seen a picture of her body, so she did seem to have a... She was, you know, she was well-endowed up in... in okay, as long as she's well... Because well-endowed up in the, in the breast department will take you a long way. Yeah, I know that's important. As the you. devil can tell you. I mean, she's, how do you think she got a job here? Yeah. 
1896, unknown to her friends um, and the polite members of uh, Greencastle Society, Pearl became pregnant. Oh, the whore. Pearl the whore. Oh, no, you didn't, Pearl. Well, I don't know if she was a whore. Oh, she was a whore. Sometimes things like that happen, but it certainly was frowned upon back in the day of, you know, in, in the late 1800s. Well, I think condoms was made out of leather back then, so that you didn't use them as much, well, but still. I, still, she was in the family way. And she was how old? Uh, 22. 22? Yeah. See, you know what she needed, Timmy? What? She, if she would have been going to the Church of the, Church of the Latter-day Colonel, we could have taught her some yeah. good... Uh, so you would have Good life lessons. Soul. Well, you know what? She was a church-going lady. We would have forgiven her, though. We would have forgiven her whorish ways. Well, I'm not so sure she was a bad person. She just... Not saying gonna, she was a bad person. Yeah, she just... Uh, just saying she was a little bit easy to part those <laughs> long legs of hers. A pearl, anyway. Um, it's thought, and, and again, it's, this is all conjecture. It is thought that her cousin and close friend, William Wood... Uh, introduce her to a guy named Scott Jackson, uh, who oh, was a, he's a fucker. Scott, oh. Scott Jackson was a, attending the Ohio College of Dental Surgery in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he's a dick. you know those dentists are smooth too. Oh, smooth yeah. talking dentist. Plus, they got that nitrous. Well, well yeah. that's the only reason to date a dentist. I mean, well. if you get if you got a tank of nitrous, you can get laid. Oh yeah, that's a panty dropper. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I have a tank of nitrous. Uh, <laughs> I do. But you so don't he use was it for attending that. dinner dental surgery. He was he was attending uh, <clears throat> the College of Dental Surgery in Cincinnati. So he was friends with uh, her cousin William Wood, and William Wood introduced her to Jackson. Now it's now it's been rumored that Jackson Scott Jackson got her pregnant. Okay, um, but um, so anyway. There's also rumors that she was banging her cousin, William Wood. So she was getting a wood from Mr. Wood. <laughs> Gross. Well, we don't know that. Well, was, now, she was rumors. a Kentucky girl, right? Yeah. So that's not a, out of No, no, she was Indiana. She was from Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Oh, she might have been banging her. Well, well it's not. It's, don't, it's, it's, she, she was from Indiana. Uh, but what? anyway, the thought of the, how this all went down is that she became pregnant uh, Scott Jackson was a uh, med, med, well, he was he was in dental school, and he tried to make arrangements to help uh, to, uh, to, for her to have an abortion. That's kind of the theory that. Uh, did her vagina have teeth? No, I don't believe then the it. Dentist did. wasn't going to help. But uh, anyway, Scott Jackson had talked uh, his brother in or his cousin. I'm sorry, his friend. Jesus, one of them. William Wood, <laughs> to talk to his, his cousin. He was talking to everybody. Motherfucker's uh, <laughs> like a town crier. <laughs> he instructed Pearl to come to Cincinnati, take the train, which she did, and she uh, took the train from uh, Greencastle, Indiana, over to Cincinnati, a short trip, and she arrived in Cincinnati on January 28, 1896. Two days later, on a uh, cold, fog- foggy morning, uh, a man by the name of John Hewing was cutting across the field at the corner of Highland Avenue and Alexander Pike in oh, Fort, Fort, I know where that is. Fort Thomas, Kentucky. I know exactly Kentucky. where that's at. That's yeah. by where Timmy lives. Mm-hmm. Not very far. Uh, when he came across the headless corpse, a headless corpse. Uh, Brandy oh. is going to talk. take it from there. So, 
uh, as he was walking, Hewing spotted a woman lying on the ground. He said he didn't know if she was drunk or dead or both. Uh, Can you be drunk and dead at the same <laughs> time? Oh, I think so. Really? I, I believe I've had I've, that a couple times. I've been times. drunk dead before, yeah. I, I I've think been I've dead done drunk, that a couple but times. I don't know. I didn't know you could be, could be, could be, could be, could be intoxicated after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's blackout drunk and then there's dead drunk. Okay. It just takes you longer to it's recover. It's like Timmy from never goes out of his apartment. I don't. No, but he, he brings liquor in. Let me tell you about my life. I, I, I I've decided this, that this will be short. <laughs> you know, I've, I've decided that agoraphobia. You save a lot of money. I don't go out. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I, mean, I don't have to go out. You know, I just stay in my apartment, and it's. You know, I don't have agoraphobia. I just have. I just think the world's a scary place. Well, there's people in it. There are people in it, yeah. and you got to interact with those yeah. people. And although I like interacting with other people, now I am af- always afraid of you know sunlight. Well, when you yes, yeah, yes. is your future so bright that you got to put fucking sunglasses on? And that what is you, you missed that whole discussion? You we had because discuss- I disengaged. Yes, you did disengage. I, you know what? I feel more like a movie star <clears throat> or a celebrity when a I'm podcast my, star because I noticed on a lot of interviews on YouTube that I watch. The people still got their sunglasses on. Well, first of all, you look like a blues brother. Second of all, John Travolta is filming next door. So he is filming yes. next door. John Travolta is filming the movie Gotti, mm-hmm. which is next. Uh, yeah. That will be out. I don't know when, but uh, he is next door to us as we speak. And if you notice, I got my hair a little slick black. Back yeah, and John is he playing? Mm-hmm. Does he play Gotti in it? Yeah, yeah. And he looks just like him. Yeah, but I've seen pictures seem of badass him. to be John. No, Gotti. you know who they should have is uh, Liam Neeson to be a good Gotti. No, yeah. he's too tall. No, he he's too tall. He doesn't he, look Italian at all. No, but he's badass. You he know who would be? You know who would be badass? Who'd be the most badass Gotti? Denzel Washington. You know that some bitch would be badass. Well, clearly, but there are a lot of things wrong with that. It would require a lot of makeup. You know who would make a good one? George Takei. Oh yeah, that's a. I, I think that's a given. Let's get back to Pearl. You know I, why? I, I feel like George Takei yeah, was too busy. Doesn't it seem like the that. natural choice would be Joe Pesci? He's too short. He's too short. For Gotti, Gotti yeah. was a short. What about De, De Niro though? I think De Niro's tired how of being gangster. How tall was Gotti? Gotti, Gotti was only about five seven. How tall do you think George Pesci is? Or what's his butt? Well, yeah, you could, but they could put lips in his shoes or whatnot. I don't know. Or you know what? They film him. Uh, the the cameraman just films him from his knees. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Makes him look bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. why, That's why. That's why women I date, I tell them to get on their knees. <laughs> Makes it. That's one of the. You reasons. like tall men? That's one yeah. of the reasons. Kneel down. <laughs> well, and I think that's what happened with Pearl because. Well, go ahead. Never Please, mind. Please, continue with Pearl. Continue. Pearl Ryan. Would you stay on topic, Devil? Yes. You're going down these rabbit the holes. The Headless Corpse of Pearl Bryant. Mm-hmm. Tell oh, us is more. Is that the one we're doing? Yes. Tell us more. Okay. Yes. We're on the edge of our seats. So, he didn't know if she was drunk or dead. Right. Lots of women from town used to come out there with soldiers from the post. Yeah, there was horse from Newport, basically. Mm-hmm. Newport, Kentucky. There was yes, a, there's an army with Newport, Kentucky. Normal, there was an army base out there, yeah. Fort, uh, Fort Newport, Fort Thomas. Oh. And uh, you know Newport is famous for its horse. Well, it's yeah, gambling. It's seedy and, yeah, underbelly. Seedy, yes, it has it's a seedy. Very, very seedy it underbelly. Seedy. All right, so we should and we should we need to put a disclaimer on this show. Um, 
the devil might not be at her best because we're all pretty sure. Um, if you, I swear to God, if you say I'm getting ready to start my period, I will fuck you up. <laughs> No, I, you don't have to say a word, Colonel. <laughs> we're let the, we're let the listeners draw their own conclusions. Yeah. I will fuck you up. All okay, right. so you go you go head on, Devil. We just uh, I can't just, though because your fucking yapper is still going. So, lots of women used to come out here with you the know, next week when he's Christ on, on a cracker when he's on vacation. <laughs> our podcast podcast is going to last like fifteen minutes, right? <laughs> All right, so I'll call in. <laughs> it was a lonely spot, and they also often used it for a trysting place. Ooh. So it was like an outdoor fuck pad. Isn't that trysting? Trysting. Whatever. It's a tryst. But uh, trysting. A trysting. A trysting. <laughs> I eat cheese on a trysting. <laughs> <laughs> on a trysting place. What? What's a brisket? Brisket? Brisket is good. Brisket Brisket's is a cut a, of meat. Yeah, it's, it's a piece of meat that you cook a certain way. He knows. Way. So, yeah, you can get it at the supermarket, but evidently the price has gone up dramatically. Oh, really? Yeah. Since Wallowitz's mom makes it all the time. It's a good, it's Irish food. Brisket's it's got to be. Food. I always thought it was Jewish. like Jewish. I no, Jewish. briskets are Jewish. The Irish made the briskets the best. They eat potatoes, too. Mm-hmm. The fuck that's all they had was meat <laughs> potatoes. So, yeah. But you have to know how to cook a brisket, otherwise it gets gross. Right. you got to put ropes around it and shit. Are you done, Emerald? Okay. Well, Are you ready? Get you doing going, this? I mean, no. Okay, so this guy says they took lots of women out there that were drunk. Yeah. So Hewing told his employer about the woman. So Hewing told his employer about the woman, not the cops. Well, he was working in the area, so he naturally went to his, you know, it was 1896. So he went, he went to his boss and said, hey, there's a dead body in her in her field. So... They called, they called a nearby deputy and asked them asked him to look into it. Uh, the deputy sheriff and some others, including Coroner Bob Tingley, went to the spot and found indications of a struggle and a pool of blood at the woman's feet. When Tingley turned the body over, he pulled her dress down, revealing that the woman's head had been cut off. You know she had that old, they, she had that nineteenth century bush. <laughs> oh, was she? <laughs> she had the weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> And cornrows and shit. <laughs> wow. This segment is probably... Well, when you look well, at that you know, vintage porn that stuff... That really should have... come second to the fact that she has no fucking head. <laughs> but you know the well, first thing... Well, that would stand out, too. The first thing they looked at was the bush. Yeah. I mean, I mean clearly that's what they're looking they, at. They got to the head third. They looked uh, at the okay. bush, the tits, and then the... If you came up on a dead body in a field, it was female... And it, it, she was dressed. It's not like her twat was hanging out there. She was dressed. I, I'm just saying, Colonel would take a pee. You don't know. Even her. if she was headless, she'd I mean, take a pee. You do not know what her labias were like. She I'm not saying he would. I'm not saying there. he would. You know, engage in no, any necrophilia or anything. She had petticoats oh, on. I'm. Th- I'm just saying he would probably take a look. Just. Just well, the first thing I would okay, be wondering so, was, was she sexually violated? Was this a crime of lunacy or well, a crime of thing, sexual violence? You passing? don't investigate that in a field. Well, sure you, you take do. it somewhere else. You don't just sit there and give her a fucking pap smear well, in the middle of a fucking field. Okay, but... okay. But I mean, the, they'd have to get a fucking searchlight out there and get all up in her mouth. Oh, well, they do that when they get back to the, the no, place. No, the first thing you want to determine is how long has the body been there? Look, Quincy. I'm just sometimes telling you. Sometimes they can do it, and sometimes they can't. Well, this, this guy working in a field isn't going to be a yeah, part of that op- But when the police get there, the first thing they're going to want to know is time of death... 
The way you measure time of death is from body temperature. The way you measure body temperature Here's is you take Here's a finger, jam it in a dirty no. flower, you and see how, how warm the body is. Fuck tarred. No, that's not I it. mean, how do you, you, you have an obligation as a witness, I think, as an obligation <clears> to uh, at least look at the vagina. At least you have an obligation it. to look at the vagina. <laughs> you do. You look. You want to look at dead giny all the time. You're liable to be to in, in court and on, on the stand. They're going to ask you a question about the hoo ha. Yeah. No, they're and not. You better be able to they're, answer. Oh, they're they're not. oh, they ask a lot of questions about the vagina. You know yeah. what? They might ask. You, they might. But they would ask a vagina expert, of which neither one of you are. Oh, oh I've, I've seen. Differ. I've seen some vagina. I've seen some time. vagina that in my life. Doesn't make you a vagina expert. Well. I think right. I've, uh, Timmy, Timmy and I have been uh, solid. Yeah, king of the vaginas. I the have king of the vaginas. I have. Uh, I think I'm quite the I'm a connoisseur. Oh, um, oh. I'm, yeah. I'm a, a connoisseur. Well, if you, if there were a TV reality show about vaginas, you would host it. Because you've seen vaginas all over the world. I've seen I've seen them all shapes and sizes. You've seen vaginas at the head rivers of the Nile that no. no I've seen them that talk different languages. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if you see a vagina that talks, you need to keep on. Doing it. <laughs> well, I would. I mean, I think vaginas are multi-talented. No, just keep it moving. Vaginas right. are like snowflakes. They're not. Yeah, they're yeah. all different. And they're wet. You'd think they'd all be the same, but they're all different. Some but go ahead. Would you tell us more about this pearl thing? Yes, please. Peckers are all the same. They're all ugly. Peckers are ugly. I, I, I agree with that. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, men are gross. They're gross. I, okay. That's why, you know, if men were attractive, I'd be gay, but they're gross. Men are gross. They are gross. All right, so um, they found out that she didn't have a head. Nobody knows anything about her vagina at this point. Well, the fact that she didn't have a head was pretty obvious. Well, well, <laughs> no. It said that the guy had to turn over her body and pull her dress down okay. to reveal that the woman... What was she, had Little Red come. Riding Hood? Well, I don't know. Maybe she had a her, hoodie on? Maybe was her she shit flapped M&M on. M&M or some shit? I don't know. She probably on. had a petticoat on. Yeah, she did. So. Okay, so because there, were no mean, there was no means of identification, it became increasingly likely that, that the identity of the headless body would never be known. So officials search the surrounding area for the head. To yeah. see, that's when you line up all the men in town and show them the vagina. Because you can be identified by tattoos or vaginas. Yeah, or yeah. Vaginas are like uh, fingerprints. You yeah. really think you could pick Renee's vagina out of a lineup? Yeah. I know I could. <sighs> what I know I could. I'm not saying a thing. Could you pick Renee's vagina out of not, not Renee's, but I've, I, I, I could pick out most of the women I've been with. I could pick out their vagina in a You just couldn't remember their name. You couldn't remember their I name. Know, I know. Yeah. I can tell you how much they cost. <laughs> well, that was a pricey vagina there right there. Yeah, yeah. No one damn near broke me. All right. I did, get not, I did not get my money's worth. So bloodhounds, they brought out the bloodhounds, and they trailed the scent from the scene to the Covington Reservoir in Fort Thomas. Yeah, which is what? Covington Reservoir to Fort Thomas? It's about five, six miles. I don't know. Roughly. So the reservoir was drained, uh, but there was no head. No head. No head was there. So the body was taken to Newport, where there was an autopsy performed, where they checked her liver temperature to see how long she Yeah, this was like two days later or something. Did they check out her vagina? You know, she probably, they probably did check out her vagina because they found out she was pregnant. 
Okay. I bet and they took the Snapchat. They had. See, if you look at the vagina, vagina tells you a lot. <laughs> they found out she was pregnant. Oh, vagina tells a whole story. And yeah. there was cocaine found in her stomach. Vagina mm. is the windows to the soul. Yeah, they really is. <laughs> your vagina is a window to your soul. Yep. They found cocaine in a vagina. I was just waiting on you to come back. Okay. In her stomach. In her stomach. <laughs> oh. Which wasn't that unusual to find cocaine in a person's vagina? No. Was it in like a balloon or had she ingested it? Oh, it's in her stomach. I'm sorry. They found it in her stomach. Yeah, I I, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she just did one of these and... Oh, okay. So she wasn't a mule. She just... Well, nothing indicates that she was a mule... It just as there was cocaine in her stomach. Okay. Oh, she doesn't. We don't know. She doesn't have a head, so she yeah. may have been a mule. She may have been a mule. She may have been had it packed under a bone. She may have like been a half woman, half mule. <laughs> so yeah. she was like a centaur. <laughs> centaur. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. She Wait. was a mule tar. Yeah. You're a mule tar. <laughs> All right. So because she was found so near the fort, the killer was first assumed to be a soldier and missing prostitutes and dance hall girls, the most likely candidates for the corpse. Dance hall girls. I think there's still some women. Is that uh, there's still some hookers in Newport that were around at that time? Yeah, I, I bet think you. there are. Yeah. And dance hall girls are those strippers? <coughs> a, just a fancy name for strippers? Yeah, I, yeah. You, well, yeah, maybe. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, yes, you do know. The first. <laughs> well, I wasn't around a hundred years ago. <laughs> Would you the, come on? Well, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat here, and you keep stopping. We're trying to find out what happened to this uh, yeah. young lady's head. The first mystery of yeah. the Fort Thomas tragedy was solved astonishingly fast. Oh. Hmm. L.D. Pook, a Newport shoe store owner, took an interest in the shoes the victim was wearing. He must have had a foot fetish. They were a petite size 3 cloth topped boot. It's a lot of size Very three, stylish, but also in a size so small, <clears throat> but unusual. She had small size feet so like Chuck. Yeah, well, uh, let's see. Yeah. Baby shoes. Uh, let's see. So, so, she, so the, inside the boot. Yeah, okay. I don't need a recap yet. Okay, We're good. Okay. Inside the boot was the imprint of a shoe store in Greencastle, Indiana. The numbers Poop knew to be the manufacturer's lot number. So instead of, uh, in addition to cutting off the head, the murderer really should have taken off her shoes. She should, should have taken shoes. the shoes, yeah. With a little investigation, he was able to locate the manufacturer who told him the date of the shipment and verified that they were sent to Greencastle. There was only one pair of size three in the lot. The news was enough to send Campbell County Sheriff Jewel Plummer and two Cincinnati police detectives to the little town of Greencastle, Indiana. A search of the books of Lewis and Hayes Shoe Store revealed that the shoes had been purchased the previous September by Pearl Bryan. Late that night, her parents identified Pearl's clothing and learned the awful truth of their daughter's death. Oh, and, and you know that really is and it really, really amazing they were able to identify her that quickly with look that you know I was right. good, back in the day that was that was good shoe leather the police yeah it was, that was good detective work mm-hmm. they did a good fine a fine job they that. didn't put a gum shoe on it yes well you should find a, some a woman with a size three shoe I mean uh, that's that'd be the first thing now if she had if she had like. Fifty-two double F's. Uh-huh. You go to the brawl store. You yeah. know, you know, you know somebody like that, right? Yeah. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Though it had been surprisingly easy to identify the headless body as Pearl Bryan, the question 
who was Pearl Bryan would never be fully answered. In the newspapers and for most part of the trial, she was portrayed as a poor, innocent farm girl, seduced and ruined by a black guard, an older man from the East. Ah, a cad. An older man. A black guard, is that? An older man from the East. A black, black, by meaning black, you're meaning a black person. No, 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 no. Or a black guard, a military. And being a bad, uh, uh, a cad. Yeah, I don't. I, okay, that's what I was trying I'm to get at. I'm not familiar with the terminology. Yeah, I'm just like yeah, it's a, 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 a man of low morals. A cad. True, she was a farmer's daughter, but that farmer was Alexander Bryan, a wealthy patriarch and one of the most prominent men in Putnam County, Indiana. Pearl was a blonde, 22-year-old music student at DePaul University. I bet she was hot. And she worked in her sister Mary's dress shop in Greencastle, making sure the store carried the latest fashions. She was by no means unsophisticated. Pearl told her parents she was going to Indianapolis to visit some family friends, but went instead to Cincinnati. There's no question that she went to have an illegal abortion. Pearl was bright and vivacious, but she had her dark secrets as well. Mmm, Pearl was kinky. It may have been true, as the prosecution claimed, that she was seduced, and in her one moment of weakness became pre- pregnant. Yeah, oh, no, uh, it only takes one it only moment. T- and he only put the tip in. Yeah. According to people on Maury, that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> I only put the tip in, that's all. If uh, she was around today, she could be on Maury. But there was much... She spe- need a head. She need a she head, would. yeah. <laughs> but there was much speculation to the contrary in Greencastle. Pearl's family and many of her friends first assumed Will Wood, Pearl's second cousin, was the father. See, they thought the cousin was banging her. Mm-hmm. Will had known and Pearl his whole life, mm-hmm. and the two had always been close confidants. Yeah. Mm. Though popular with the boys. Did you ever have a cousin that you, you had, nope. had sexual feelings? Did you go ahead and stop you there? No. No, I mean, you, like, 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 not that you can control, control like, like in, a, in your sleep or something, a wet dream. No. Okay, in real life, because you're from Lebanon, which is a rural place. Yeah. Um, and, and, and. Really, West Side? Did you ever have a cousin feel you up? No. No? Have you yeah. ever had, Colonel, have you ever had a cousin fill you up? West side. Um, in my sleep, yeah. And, and in your is, sleep. Let, let's define that term, fill you up, shall mm-hmm. we? You want to define the term? Yeah, because it up. means different things to different people. Yeah. Are we talking about someone touching your breast? Are we talking about someone touching you between the legs? I, I is To me, you get to brag about it once you get... To the second boobs. base. If you get to the boobs, you get to brag to your. That's second guy. base to yeah. you is the boobs. Yeah. All right. I'm a fifth base man myself. All right. But you do the inside the park home run. I like to. Yeah, I do. I like the. I like to hit for the cycle. Do you, <laughs> do you give her an A five after you done? If you sometimes you're done? we'll we'll fist bump. Uh, continue, Brandy. I actually I have little survey sheets on the nightstand. I'll fill them out and I give her a thing she the back. One that asked for a change for her five dollar foot long. Well, that was. I used to give my wife annual evaluations. Mm-hmm. You know, just give her feedback. Oh, I bet she loved that. Well, she, you know, surprisingly, she, well, not surprisingly, she didn't. But I, you know, <laughs> she appreciated she, the feedback. I'm sure. You know, things like cooking and cleaning, and you know, attitude. You know, mm-hmm. things that. Uh, well, you know what I do to me, and I got my. my you know, I've been divorced now for 14 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got my anniversary coming up this uh-huh. month. 
and you I actually, give them an A of an evaluation. Well, actually, I print them out. I print they, it out on a computer. They, I found a site, and I print it out year after year. And what I give her for her anniversary gift, uh-huh. I give her a contract for to extend her option for one more oh, year. Oh, I see. So yeah. I told her, you know what? You was okay last year. I'm going to give you one more year for well, this I'm sure she. I'm sure she appreciates the feedback. She does appreciate it. I, I we. It's like an employee evaluation. Mm-hmm. We go over what she has mm-hmm. grown, where she Well, you start, I'm sure you start out with her strengths, what she's doing well. And then I do. Air I opportunities do. for employment. Oppor- yeah, opportunities for growth is what yeah, I like to call them. Okay. Brandy, please continue. We're, we're getting nowhere with this Pearl story. Now, you need to hurry it up, girl. Yeah. All right. What Chuck said. So. <laughs> so what's going on with Pearl? She was popular with the boys, but she had no regular suitor. And Will was always running around there. He was always lurking in the corners. She was. It was her best friend. Will was. Will was her friend. He wasn't. He Will was laying wood. No. Although others believe that Pearl was having a secret romance with Scott Jackson. <gasps> oh. Several then, years who, her senior, oh. who had come to Greencastle from New Jersey a year earlier. Oh, yeah, that man from, older Greasy. man from the East. Mm-hmm. He has a black heart. At the time of Pearl's death, Jackson was studying dentistry in Cincinnati, just a short jaunt across the Ohio River from the spot where the body was found. Scott Jackson quickly became the prime suspect. Will Wood was the son of Dr. DeLoss. DeLoss. Not DeWin. DeLoss. M. Wood. The Indiana presiding elder of the Methodist Church. Episcopal... Of the Methodist... Sorry, hold on. Mm -hmm. He was the presiding elder of the Methodist Episcopal Church. Scott Jackson lived next door with his mother. So, Will and Scott were neighbors. Okay. They become friends. The cousin the cousin, and this older guy. Right. Okay. He introduced He introduced Scott him. Jackson, who lived with his mother. Yeah. Next door. He was school. He was, yeah. So, she'd come to Greencastle to be with her daughter, Scott's half-sister, who was to be married to Professor Edwin Post, a classical scholar, soon to be the dean of DePaul University. So, these are people of breeding. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. What had begun as an investigation of Kentucky whores. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And soldiers <laughs> was fast becoming a rural Indiana society murder. Jackson was arrested outside his rooming house in Cincinnati, and Wood was detained in South Bend, Indiana, and persuaded to come to Cincinnati for questioning. After initially denying any knowledge of the matter, Jackson admitted that Pearl Bryan had come to Cincinnati for an abortion, 
that he was to arrange. It was all to be done as a favor for his friend Will Wood, who Jackson claimed was the father of Pearl's unborn child. Okay, so they're pointing fingers at each other now. Well, that's the best thing to do. Yeah. They uh, didn't have Murray back then. No. Uh, Wood concurred that Pearl had gone to Cincinnati for an abortion. He'd sent her off on. He'd seen her off on the train, but he said it was Jackson, not he, who had seduced his cousin. I kind of. I tend to believe it was Jackson who was banging her. Which of these two would have been the father of Pearl's child? Will never was never determined with certainty, because you know Maury. Yeah. Maury. Could they? They should have kept a fetus in a jar and then done DNA testing when it came about. See, this was 1892, so I don't think DNA testing was advanced at that point. No, but they could have thought, you know, down the road. Yeah, like in a hundred years. That yeah, you know, we're going to be able to do something about this. Continue, Brandy. Nobody cares though now. But do they? You know, they do keep. I mean, on all these old cold cases, they keep DNA and stuff, don't they? Sometimes mm-hmm. they keep blood and things like yeah. that. They, they had no idea. I mean, even before DNA was blood discovered, and tissue, they'll take. Yeah, they they would they keep some t- of that. Well, it depends, I guess, if they how long no, far. But I guess they figured from embryo. I guess they figured a hundred years from now, everyone would be dead. So look at his happen. nose, Maury. Look at his <laughs> nose. That's his baby dad. Look at that. Look at his nose. They have the same yeah, nose. And you kept me hanging the other day on your thread with no, the brother and sister. No, I didn't. I posted. An was update. the brother? Was who I posted an update? Oh, this was brother sister. So what happened? Uh, it was her husband's baby. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, but the brother was in fact banging her. They had I, I don't remember. She was she was cheating on him, but the babies were her husband's. Okay. This is a Maury episode where a yes. woman claimed that her brother was the father of her child. I don't know. Okay. Please continue. Let's get back on. to uh, it's just Pearl, too weird. Pearl Bryant. Anytime you got a brother and sister question in paternity, everything's fucked up in that family. Well, oh, it's not where you want to be do. for Thanksgiving. You can still prove it through DNA, well, right? It could have been the it could have been the guy's brother. Okay. Ooh. See, let's get All back right, to so on uh, the witness Pearl. stand. Scott Jackson admitted to having criminal intercourse. Does that mean she was in handcuffs? Uh, I think it means that it, that before marriage with Pearl Bryan, but not before Christmas of 1895 when he was home on vacation and already knew Pearl to be pregnant. Also, he was riding a hump. Yeah, <laughs> Will Wood denied he ever had sexual relations with Pearl, but several witnesses and sworn depositions claim that Wood often bragged about having a soft snap with Pearl. A snap? She had a soft snapper? And I think in I, detail I th- of his I sexual encounters with her. that's slang for intercourse. A soft but, snap? But, uh, I, yeah. Start so, using that. Okay, so they're both accused of having... Uh, a relationship, sexual relationship with Pearl, and then a lot. Thank, yes. Okay. <laughs> a lot. I try to. I try to recap Some for eyes. our slower listeners. <laughs> okay. Well, she talks in circles. You can never. Alonzo Walling, Scott Jackson's roommate, was arrested several hours after Jackson. Jackson claimed he'd left Pearl in Walling's care the Wednesday before she died, and that Walling was to facilitate the abortion. Walling said he never made it made the Wednesday appointment and believed his roommate had murdered Pearl Bryan in cold blood. Walling said that Jackson had told him he planned to lure Pearl to Cincinnati on the pretext of obtaining an abortion, poison her, then cut the body into pieces and deposit them in, an out, in outhouse vaults all around the city. In their statements to police, Jackson and Walling each identified any... I'm sorry. Each denied any first-hand knowledge of the death. 
but believed the other was actively or passively responsible. Unable to exact a confession from Jackson or Walling, the police proceeded to build a circumstantial case based on testimony of witnesses who'd seen the prisoners with Pearl Bryan that week. On Wednesday, after Jackson and Walling claimed to have seen Pearl for the last time, she was positively identified by Smith Vaughn Fawson. Ooh, in walks the foreigner. A uh, salesman at Hockett Brothers Pianos on 4th Street in Cincinnati. Oh, he's a piano salesman. Piano, you can't trust pianos. 88 Fingers Louie. Yeah. She'd come in to shop for pianos. Which is As, a strange thing you know, to do when you're pregnant and trying to get an abortion. Yeah. But, you know, maybe you're, you're thinking of... She had time to kill. Well, or she wanted practice chopsticks or something. Well, she, uh, she wanted her parents to buy one for their house. All right. She left her parents' address with Von Fossen, who watched as she left the store and met a man on the street. Oh, the man on the street. Miss... Jeez, Louisa. Miss Plymouth Weeks. I love the names. A yeah. spiritualist saw Pearl on Thursday. Pearl had come in for a reading accompanied by a man she referred to as Doc... Scott Jackson's Cincinnati name. Okay. Friday night, Jackson, Walling, and Pearl were seen at Wallingford's Saloon on George Street in Cincinnati. Jackson and Walling were well known at Wallingford's, and that night, Dave Wallingford and his partner, or I'm sorry, his porter, Alan Johnson, saw Jackson come in with a blonde woman. Chuck, where's George Street at? You know? George Street? Mm-hmm. Of course right. he knows. Down in the middle of... Downtown? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Walling came in later, and the three of them left in a horse cab driven by a third man. That's like, now it would be like a horse Uber. Yes. <laughs> or a cab. Or a cab. So where it said horse cab, that was a an accurate no, description. It was a horse and a carriage. And a cab. Yeah. Yeah. The cabman was the missing piece, and after several newspapers offered a large reward for his identity, George Jackson, not Jefferson, but George Jackson, an African-American, an African-American, is it hustler? Is it supposed to be hustler, or is it hostler? I don't know. Hosteler. Hosteler. What is that? He owned a hostel. I think So like a hotelier. Whatever. Well, no, I'm asking. Like like that? Is that what he yes. would be? Okay. Yes. Uh, who worked in a Mount Auburn stable. Well, he wasn't a hotelier now. Okay. <laughs> he was a horse hotel. He was a horse man. Christ. He came forward. <laughs> you fuckers. So, George. <laughs> he was a concierge in a horse hotel. Evidently. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, God. So, George Jackson claimed that he'd, he'd been approached by a man, yeah. presumably Alonzo Walling, offering $10 to drive a doctor and his patient across the bridge to Kentucky. That's a good, pretty good money to just to drive That's a, a lot of cash. Back in those That's days. That's a lot of lettuce, man. Back in those days. I mean, hell, it cost you $10 to get a cab over there now. <laughs> yeah. Well, so George Jackson agreed, and Walling returned with a Coop Rockaway carriage. Ooh, Ooh the night. Ooh. Cadillac and carriage. Well, and she's with child, so... Yeah. Walling sat next Nothing to him as Jackson... Walling sat next to him as Jackson drove the horse into the country. George Jackson heard a woman moaning inside the carriage and tried to quit the job, but Walling pulled out a <laughs> pistol and persuaded him to continue. 
pistols are persuading. They are. So he heard her moaning. He may be thinking she. You think they were doing it again? No, I think she was in pain. When they reached their destination, Jackson saw another man emerge with a woman barely able to walk by herself. When the two men took the woman into the woods, George Jackson took off by foot. The fuck for? Back to Cincinnati. In a goddamn... They were out. He's going to have... Yeah, no, no. That wasn't his carriage, Joe. He's going to have some He's got got someone else's carriage. He was just driving the carriage. Okay. So they hired him to be the driver. When he gets over there, he sees him hauling off this lady who can barely walk. He says, I'm out of here. I'm walking home. I'll walk home. I'm not going to stick around and see what happens. Oh, because the one guy had a gun. Take the carriage. Yeah, it's not his carriage. The is guy it with theirs? the gun would have yes. shot at him. Yeah. I would still take the fucking carriage. <laughs> well, the guy had the gun, so I don't care if you Well, he's went to the woods. All right. Continue. Everybody's in the woods. Continue. He was a responsible young man. <laughs> well, he's the only one in this lot that seems to be. He's running that hostel. <laughs> he's responsible. The woozy concierge. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing like dirty Mr. Hilton? <laughs> you guys are such fucking twat knockers. <laughs> you ring that bell and that guy, remember that guy that we talked about in the last podcast? He said, he, he, the guy with the pencil thing, <laughs> yeah. he would always say, yeah, yes. <laughs> Horses coming up to the counter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he, the, the black guy. I got it. I don't want you to summarize. I got it. Okay, he. he so he, George took off that foot back to his hotel. I, I wonder how they got across the river. Left the fucking but. carriage and everything. And did he swim? Off. I mean, how did he get home? I assume he there was a bridge. All right. Which, you know, he so he got there going over a bridge. I assume he could get back using a bridge. I don't think they fucking took it across the Ohio goddamn river and just floated across with these amazingly swimming horses that just have. Did they get wings? Were they fucking Pegasus? Did they have unicorns? Like, I don't understand how you think they fucking got there. My God, I just asked a question. Well, it was a stupid question. <laughs> but you're not starting your period in a couple no, days. No, no. I'm not. Can't make that kind of... That's a, that would be a stretch. The trip from Wallingford Saloon in Cincinnati to Locks Farm in Newport became the official story of the Pearl Bryan murder, the unbroken chain of eyewitnesses. Yes. And they were sticking to it. But like all chains, it had several weak links, like this fucking chain sitting at this table. Jackson and Walling admitted to being at Wallingford's with Pearl, but claimed the night was Tuesday night. Okay, so they got their nights mixed up. Wallingford and Johnson testified that Scott Scott Jackson was wearing a full beard when they saw him Friday night, as he had for the previous six months. So we got a Johnson and a Wood in this story. I got all kinds of things going on here. Jackson testified that (coughs) the beard had been shaved off that afternoon. Yeah, of course. This was corroborated by his barber, Fred Albion, and his landlady and her family, who had remarked that afternoon how strange Jackson looked without his beard. That sounds reasonable. As suspicious as it was that Jackson shaved his beard that day Pearl Bryan died, he could not have been seen at Wallingford's Friday night with a full beard. All right, he's got an alibi. Yes. Pearl was wearing a checked cotton house dress when she was found, a dressing gown Pearl's mother had made her sister Jenny 
and then got handed down to Pearl when Jenny died. <laughs> uh, There's an upside to all this. Uh, Jenny. This was not. She'll a, be in the next podcast. She, was, <laughs> she didn't get his shoes, though. This was certainly not a dress to be worn outside the house. So this was her. This was her house coat. This yeah. was her house dress. Right. Uh, it was something you would wear, perhaps, if you're getting an abortion. Well, and it would certainly not be worn to a saloon by someone as concerned with fashion as Pearl. Right. She's not going to go down to Wallingfords on George Street dressed like in her house. house well, that's like Paris Hilton isn't going to go to the Viper Lounge in a moo-moo. Right. Exactly. See? Yeah. That's a good analogy. Thanks. But it was George Jackson's story of the ride to Kentucky that proved the most controversial. Oh, really? Do tell. The first mystery is why Walling would have hired him in the first place. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The <laughs> yeah. guy runs a hotel for horses. Well, so he clearly doesn't need the money. No, and it doesn't sound like he wanted to go. He tried to back out, and he ended up having to walk home. Both Walling and, and, swim. and Scott Jackson, clearly. Both Walling and Scott Jackson were experienced horsemen. If Walling already had a carriage, why'd he pay George Jackson, then sit next to him while he drove? And paid him ten bucks too, which is that's a, a lot of cash. He yeah. would be in that's effect a lot of money today. He would be in effect hiring a witness. Well, that's true too. George Jackson brought his story to the police two weeks after it occurred. Plenty of time to study the newspaper pictures of the prisoners, but he had difficulty identifying them at the jail. So George Jackson's full shit is basically what In fact, it was the it was the coincidence of their last names that helped George Jackson identify Scott Jackson. George Jackson was asked to pick the prisoner from a circle of men. Uh-huh. So that was had kind of a lineup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as he scrutinized one man, the police chief thought he'd gotten too close and said Jackson stepped back. Instinctively, Scott Jackson, the Jackson who had been taking orders from police all week, took a step back. He quickly realized his error and recovered his position, but the movement was noticed. A moment later, George Jackson identified Scott Jackson. Okay, so he's full shit, basically. George Jackson's reputation also cast cast doubt on his story. In Springfield, Ohio, he was known as a con man and a seeker of notoriety. Both his former employer and the Springfield chief of police publicly expressed their belief that Jackson was lying. After the trial, after testifying at Scott Jackson's trial, George Jackson was tried in Springfield on an unrelated case and convicted of perjury. Oh, he's as a liar. In, yeah, as in any murder investigation, there were false confessions and misleading information provided by unstable or unscrupulous individuals. I wonder if he had a hard time getting a job as a, a te- uh, as, as a desk clerk at a horse hotel after he was convicted <laughs> of perjury. Well, right. they do background yeah. checks on that shit. <laughs> as in any murder investigation, there were false confessions. Okay. A woman in Indianapolis was held for several days after an anonymous tip said she had information regarding the case. Lula May Hollingsworth. Lula May? Yep. Lula May. You was, know there ain't no good about Lula May. Well, she was reluctant to speak, but under questioning, she admitted she knew Pearl Bryant and had run into her at the Indianapolis train depot the week of her death. Upon learning of Pearl's condition, Miss Hollingsworth put together a mixture guaranteed to terminate her pregnancy. Oh, so she brewed oh, she up. Had a, uh, Did she put it together at the fucking train depot? She had the abortion concoction? 
She had, they had the Plan B pill back then. Well, Pearl took the medicine. Yeah, it, so nah, it was. It wasn't. It was. It, it, she. They had a contraption. They they sold in stores called Mister Abortion, like Mister <laughs> Coffee. Yeah. yeah. Well, evidently she whipped this shit up in the bathroom <laughs> at the Indianapolis train station because uh, old girl chucked that shit down and then took off on the train. Okay. Hollingsworth's story was taken seriously enough for Sheriff Plummer to offer train fare to send her to Newport for questioning. However, the more she spoke, the more outlandish her story became. By the end, she claimed that Alonzo Walling and Will Wood were also with Pearl in Indianapolis, and Walling performed the abortion in an abandoned building. This story contradicted hard evidence, and Miss Hollingsworth was released. Okay, so she it, it's becoming kind of a circus. Uh, circus at this point. She maintained that she had letters from Scott Jackson that would prove her story true, and she would release them only to save Jackson's life. This never occurred, because nobody gave a shit. The defense in Scott Jackson's trial tried to introduce an alternative theory uh, of Pearl Bryant's death. And so I don't know why they need an alternative theory, because... Alternatives are falling in their lap. Yeah. They can't swing a dead cat without hitting an alternative theory. <coughs> it's, well, it's a bizarre... Let me give you some more information. Okay, what else happened? Could you? Before I do that, I want to clear a couple things up. Um, I was looking at the page. Michael Goodwin, um, he just became our 200th member of our page. They're great. So, welcome, welcome, Michael. Um, and I forgot to give a shout-out uh, shout to Tara Conchion. I can't pronounce her last name, so I need to give her a shout out. Okay, Billy. Tell us how to do it, and uh, okay. And I need to clear up. You posted something that um, I got a message. Tiffany thought we were ending the show, the Tiffinator. Okay. So you need to either publicly declare we're ending it, or we're continuing it. Uh, we're continuing it uh, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay. I think when you said so, you said something, and I read it, and I said, huh? Is, hey, Dad, we had a whole discussion about this yesterday that you actually participated in. Yeah. But, yeah. You should try and remember things. We're, we're going to continue the show uh, as is for right now. As is for right now. Yeah. Okay. We have no, no intentions of... Cause if we were going to change, would you tell me? Yes. Okay. No, we wouldn't. Because <laughs> I'm under contract for three years. Uh, let's get back to Pearl Bryant. Oh, okay, Pearl Bryant, yeah. Now, a private detective named John Seward, employed by Walling's attorneys, had assembled a collection of witnesses ready to testify that Pearl Bryant died at the hand of a doctor in a house on George Street in Cincinnati. And I would just like to note that all this could have prevent, been prevented had Pearl used the dirty flower. Jesus God. Okay. She just said no. no. Yeah, she would have just just gone along with that. Kept those thighs together. Or, or just turned over and said, no, hit this one. Mm-hmm. Can't have no babies there. So an unemployment, unemployed brake man named William Trusty claimed that he... Well, he really a, wasn't a brake man if he was unemployed, was he? Well, he was a former, I guess, brake okay. man. Named William Trusty, who I don't believe was very trusty. Uh, maybe that was ironic. He claimed that he drove Pearl Bryan's dead body from George Street to Locke's farm. The story was fabricated by Seward, who had coached his witness's testimony. So he, now he's getting people to lie for him. Yeah. The police had been 
This is onto the, the plan attorney. from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, some of the witnesses were threatened with perjury charges and refused to testify. Trusty, <clears throat> who did not know the plan had been foiled, <laughs> so he goes ahead and testified. Told his story on the witness stand. He and Seward both skipped bail and were eventually captured and convicted. To the end, however, Trusty maintained that his story was true, and it was only Seward's elaborations that were lies. Now, in separate trials, Jackson and Whaling each testified in his own defense but added nothing to what they had always maintained. Neither man knew what happened to Pearl Bryan after Wednesday of the, that week. That was their story. They were both convicted and sentenced to death. They both appealed the verdict. The appeal process took nearly a year, but finally the verdicts were upheld. A double hanging was scheduled for March 20th, 1897. When they do double hangings, do they hang them both at the same time, or is it like a double feature? They hang one, then they hang the other. No, they pull them both, pull the trigger both on the same time. You need two hangmen for it. Well, it saves time, but you know it's less entertaining that way. No, well, because you get to see who hangs on the double longest. the fun. All right, because there's people out there betting on who's oh, going to die sure, first. I'm sure they were. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure they were in public executions. They they were people betting. On it cost some poor bastard twenty dollars just because. Uh, yeah, this bastard wiggled his foot, mm-hmm. you know, and they, it was proof of him still being alive. Now, in the days of public execution, the confession and repentance, repentance of the condemned, were considered part of the ritual. Yeah, it was like uh, you know you were kind of obligated. When you once you were sentenced to death, you were kind of obligated to tell the truth. That yeah. was the honorable thing to do. Yeah, which kind of seems counterintuitive. Yeah, it's like if I tell the truth, would you let me out of the death? No, no, no they would still hang him, but they, it was. Yeah, we're still going to hang him. It was but considered to, gentlemanly to to confess. Well, you get to go to the see your maker with a clean conscience, and if you repent, you repent your sins. Mm-hmm. You can repent your sins, or you can pay me fourteen ninety five a month. Really, Brittany Chacon should be repenting her sins. Oh, Brittany Chacon, she. Yeah. You know, I I got to charge Brittany double. Yeah, yeah. she's she's twenty four ninety five a month. Okay, um, go ahead. But anyway, so you're supposed to repent and confess and do all that, and and then is now execution was serious business, mm-hmm. and admission of guilt by the convicted was a guarantee that taking his life was justified. See, it's all about making the hangman feel better about himself is really what it is. Right. And the crowd, you know, they got all out there. They got half the half the crowd got woodies in now. Like well, I can't wait till he goes. I can't wait. But anyway, would you go to a public execution, <clears throat> Brandy? Yes. Chuck, it depends, you, it depends I, on whose it is. If it was Chuck's, I would. Uh, I would personally. Not just front row center. I I believe that if that should ever happen. I have already um, stated that I would be the one to <laughs> take care of it. All right, you'd be the executioner. Mm-hmm. I would. I would easily. I would not go to public. I would easily kill somebody that harmed a member of my family or that I was worried about. I do, however, personally not believe in the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, only because I believe that we have a system in place that gets it wrong too often. I think that's really my biggest problem with it. Okay. Um, and, and there's so many people out there that need killing that don't get it. Um, just the people, you know, like today, I had to beat my horn twice at a lady at a light. It turned green. Mm-hmm. I beat my horn politely once. She doesn't move. She's on the phone messing with it. Mm-hmm. I beat my horn again twice, uh, hard, 
she still doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Now, those kind of people need to just be taken out of society. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The death penalty should be imposed upon them. Mm-hmm. Like the person who, you know, forgets to put the cheese on the Subway sandwich. Yeah. Those are grounds for execution. But anyway, <clears throat> what they wanted people to do was go up there, convince them, you know, say, I did it, I'm sorry, please have mercy on my soul, whatnot, and you people are all right in hanging me, so, you know, so they would feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was especially strong, this need was especially strong when the conviction was based on circumstantial evidence. Now, attorneys for Jackson Walling had other ideas regarding confession. With the appeal lost and the hangings less than a week away, their only hope was to tell all and plead to the governor for mercy. Now, Walling's fate especially could hinge on the truth revealed by Jackson. Yeah, because well, he thought they thought he had a minor role in this, and if yeah. ja- and if Jackson would confess, then he may have gotten off, or at least he would have got commu- his sentence would have been commuted to life or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. There was almost universal acceptance that Scott Jackson was guilty of this. Um, but uh, most people believed that Walling's crimes were much lesser. Yeah, they he done he, under. I'm sorry. They were done under Jackson's evil influence. Yeah, they thought he was he was maybe possibly guilty of uh, getting rid of the the body yeah. and the head and all that, but not actually killing her. Uh, where they thought Jackson was the guy that really did it. Now, the two men got together with their attorneys and said, okay, it's time to call. Come clean. So on March 18th, Jackson and Walling were put together in a room with a table and chair, luckily, given paper because you can't confess without paper and a pencil, and an almanac to verify dates to write out their confessions. And what they came up with surprised everyone. Surprise, surprise, surprise. What did they come up with, Colonel? Well, in separate statements, they told virtually the same story beginning with Pearl Bryan's arrival in Cincinnati for the purpose of having an abortion. Okay. Walling contacted Mae Smith, his girlfriend at the time, for the name of an abortionist. You couldn't just get on Google and... No, I mean, back in abortion the was illegal. And it was illegal, and there wasn't signs. You know, people didn't hang signs out the door saying, right. you know, abortions are us. Right. So anyway, she put him in touch with Dr. George Wagner of Bellevue, Kentucky, and arrangements were made to send Pearl to his house. Now, on Wednesday, Walling met Pearl in Cincinnati and gave her directions. Pearl went to Dr. Wagner's house by herself. By Thursday, Jackson and Walling went to Bellevue to deliver Pearl's overnight bag, and on Friday, they went back for the operation. There were complications from the beginning, and when Pearl began appeared to be in pain, Wagner sent Jackson to Fort Myers Drugstore for Ergo. Mm-hmm. Now, like what, painkiller? Yeah, he administered the Ergo, but it had no effect. Now, he opened her dress and injected her with a clear liquid. Now... This all started with somebody opening her dress and injecting her with a clear liquid. <laughs> well, not so clear. <laughs> well, yeah, a cloudy liquid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gave her some whiskey to drink, much like how she got there to begin with. Okay, so... So Pearl became unconscious. Yeah, the operation is not going It's not plan. going well. They're drugging the shit out of Pearl. Pearl becomes unconscious. And had they, you know, they didn't know this, but, you know, one of the things you don't want to do is give somebody whiskey to drink because what does alcohol do? Thins out your blood and makes you bleed more. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Pearl became unconscious. After a few minutes, Wagner said she was gone. They loaded her body into a vehicle, took her to a secluded spot. Dr. Dr. Wagner 
severed her head with a dissecting knife and wrapped it in a cloak. He drove Jackson and Walling to the bridge to Cincinnati, then they went their separate ways. Now, his confessions pleased no one. Scott Jackson did not admit guilt, nor did he exonerate Alonzo Walling. They also implicated a prominent Bellevue physician. When the confessions were made public, Mae Smith came forward and confirmed that she had procured Dr. Wagner Walling's request. Druggist Fortmire confirmed that he had filled a prescription from Dr. Wagner for Ergo on the night of January 31st. He further stated that he had received telephone messages from Scott Jackson to Maude Wagner, the doctor's daughter, earlier in the week. Popular or not, these confessions were gaining a lot of credibility, Timmy. Well, it sounds logical to me. It sounds like the most logical mm-hmm. thing. Now, there were rumors of the Wagner's family's involvement in Pearl Bryant's death even before Jackson's trial. The defense subpoenaed Anna, Nellie, and Maude Wagner, the wife and two daughters of Dr. Wagner, but they were never called to testify. Now, Dr. Wagner himself, he could not be subpoenaed because shortly after the body was found, he was committed to the Eastern Kentucky Asylum for the Insane in Lexington. Don't you have Ken down there, devil? Yeah. Okay. So he went. He's in the nut house. He's in the nut house. He he's done. So maybe it was the guilt that got him. Or maybe he was. Maybe he was crazy to begin with. Or maybe he was uh, got committed himself to get out of this. Uh, pretty trouble. pretty uh, yeah. yeah pretty convenient. All of a sudden he at the nut house. Mm-hmm. Now like every story regarding Pearl Bryan's fate, this one was tantalizing but less than satisfying. Tan- you know, tantalizing but less than satisfying. You ever meet a girl, Timmy, that just, Mm-mm-mm. but she less than satisfying? She tantalizing, but she's just not satisfying to me. Yeah. I ran into them, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Mae Smith was not new to the case. She had early on told the press that she'd received letters from Scott Jackson admitting his guilt. Now, the next day, she recanted, recanted claiming she was drunk when she told the story. Now, though it was clear that Mary Smith had inside knowledge in the matter, she was considered too unreliable to testify for either the defense or the prosecution. Now, this druggist, Fort Myer, had testified in Scott, Scott Jackson's trial. He was one of several witnesses who had seen Jackson and Walling in Bellevue with Pearl Bryant and was introduced only to show that the three had been in Kentucky at the same time at the same place. Now, Fort Myer, under oath had said calls from Scott Jack had said the calls from Scott Jackson were to a Miss Watson. He made no mention on the stand of filling the ergo prescription because he explained later, no one asked him. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. I mean if you're a witness and they don't ask you, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean you can't just blurt things but out. But he did say uh, he he did claim when he did wasn't testifying that he did fill that prescription. He's, no, he told the police yeah. that he filled the prescription when they went to check out right. the story. But on the stand, um, when they came to they question, didn't address it. they didn't address it. Yeah, and I'm uh, which you seen, which would seem like <clears throat> the key to. I mean, the, the key part of his testimony would be whether or not he. Yeah, and they're talking about the first trial. We're not. Right. We're talking about second investigation, right. but right. We're, they're talking about when he was on there for the first trial. Right. right. Now, Fort Myers' motives were questioned when it was learned that he and Wagner had a long. The doctor had a long-standing feud, and Wagner never sent him prescriptions. 
Oh, so uh, now here's where it gets that gets interesting too. Yeah, so the doctor that he uh, the uh, the doctor would not do business with him, so it, that would lend to itself that that never Fort occurred. Fort might not be telling the truth. Yeah. Now, when the confessions were made public, the Wagners were outraged. They produced a telegram indicating that Dr. Wagner had been at his father-in-law's home in Nicholasville on the night of Pearl Bryan's death. At the asylum, Dr. Wagner was licking glass and know. sitting in a chair. Wow. <laughs> weaving but baskets. But then weaving baskets and making ashtrays and arguing with security guards over whether he could get a Mountain Dew out of the machine. <laughs> That's, That's a bitch. But uh, anyway, he was pronounced cured of his insanity and wow. returned home to address the accusations. Okay. Now, the confessions were sent to Governor Bradley, who read them but remained unmoved. Citing discrepancies between the two statements and contradictions between the confessions and each man's te- sworn testimony, the governor declared the confessions untrustworthy. Right, so he's going with the original verdict. Mm -hmm. Now, he further stated that admitting to the attempted abortion showed an utter disregard for human life. Governor Bradley saw really no reason to overturn the rulings of the two Campbell County juries and the Kentucky Court of Appeals. Respite was refused, Timmy. Mm -hmm. Respite? Respite, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Respite Ah. was (laughs) refused. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling were hanged together on March 20, 1987. They each proclaimed innocence to the end. Despite the best efforts of police and citizens of Campbell County, Pearl Bryan's head was never found. This is the most solid and enduring mystery. To apparent sorrow, Pearl was buried incomplete. Although, you know what? Really, all they had to do was put a dress on a woman. It ain't like you need well, it. They could put a pumpkin and draw her face. <laughs> yeah, put a hat on the pumpkin. Nice. What's it going to be like? Put a wig. You know, I mean, it, you got your head cut off. It's going to be a closed casket anyway. Well, what do what you worry so. about? And if you're a pallbearer, that's a lot. What lot, You ain't got to carry so much damn weight. I'll tell you what. I was a pallbearer one time, mm-hmm. Timmy. It was it was Renee's grandmother. Mm-hmm. Woman was probably, and, and caskets are heavy to begin with. Oh, yeah, I know. I've been a pallbearer. One was probably 300 pounds, mm-hmm. and we had to get out of the car and walk uphill. Mm-hmm. I swear to you, Timmy, I thought we were going to drop the casket. Oh, I mean, it was, no, it was a Herculean task yeah. to get this woman up there. When we finally got it, I was like, sweet Lord Jesus, I thought it was going to kill me carrying this casket. She doesn't weigh as much now. Probably not. I, that's what I said. Couldn't we just cremate our ass and I could carry the urn up to the spot? Because there's a lot of stuff to carry. I'm sure Renee appreciated that. Yeah, I did, I did not do a lot of complaining. but mm-hmm. um, So anyway. So anyway, respite was refused. Scott, they were hung together and uh, her head was never found. Now, shortly after her death, Fred Bryan, Pearl's brother, came to Newport to the Newport morgue to take his sister's it's body his baby. to the John Epley Mortuary in Cincinnati. <laughs> nope. On Saturday, February 8th, police took Jackson and Wenning to the funeral home where Miss Bryan's headless body was dressed in a high school graduation dress. Oh. Miss I mean, Bryan... It probably is hard for the family to bury the... Daughter Ms. without their well her head. Miss Bryan's sister begged them casket. to tell them the location well, no, it wasn't of the head. An open casket, but they were begging and begging, but they showed no emotion. 
a display they maintained throughout the trial. Pearl's body was taken back to Greencastle, Indiana, where she was buried in the Forest Hill Cemetery. Until this day, people still place pennies on a tombstone. The pennies are always facing heads up. Hmm. Yeah, even today. And she and I said this this is her ghost. Apparently, where this uh, where they think that this head was. Uh, this area where this head was disposed of is where this bar is, and they think yeah. that she walks around there looking for her head. Although, I can tell you I've been to that bar. I've never seen it once. And this is what I... But you know what I always wonder about these headless ghosts? What? Okay, they're looking for the head. Mm-hmm. What the fuck they're looking with? They ain't got no eyes. They just... Headless things bumping into walls and shit. That's why, you, that's why this ghost is so noisy. It ain't got no fucking eyes. It's just like... You make a good point. He every, makes a good point. Every Randy. time you hear something I think like that, a ghost, phone, you don't have to it's see. It's a ghost. They're like bats. You send off sonar. Then why are you looking for the head? If you don't need it, why maybe are you they just for want it? their shit back. There's lots of things you don't need. Maybe they just want well, their shit back. You know, if you don't have a head, you don't have to worry about washing your hair. You don't have to worry about. I don't think you have to worry about that in the afterlife eye, anyway. Eyeliner on. You don't yeah. have to worry about sneezing. Those are things you don't worry about in the afterlife. Brushing your teeth. Anyway. Shaving. But you want your shit back. Well, I'm just saying, if you don't have your head, like you, like this morning you got up, you spent all this time putting on your makeup and headaches. doing your hair this morning, fuck right? You, fuck you. I'm just no. I'm just saying, you know, if you didn't okay. have a head, you wouldn't have to worry about that. That's true, but I would be dead. Okay. So, Brandy, what do you think happened to Pearl? What do you think really happened to her? I think they fucked up her abortion and panicked and killed her. I, I, I kind of think that that story that they gave at the end, their their final confession, was probably probably pretty close to about what happened. Probably. That, uh, but I don't that, think we really know what happened. Well, they're I, lying to cover everybody's ass. Well, I don't know. I think that doctor was probably involved. I th- but if they have... Well, they have a telegram, and that's pretty easy to... Uh, forge. That's pretty easy to... To, what I would have done was said, who sent this telegram? Mm-hmm. Because you can send a telegram from anywhere. Right. You know Do they still I mean? have telegrams? Yeah. yeah. We can still send them. Okay. Send a Western Union. I'm going to send Stop. a Western Union telegram to myself, I believe, just to get one. You should. So you're, uh, going, you're going to Kenosha? I'm going Kenosha, to Kenosha, Wisconsin. I will be in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I don't understand. You're that, going to buy overalls. that choice of. I don't understand that choice of. Well, oh, if you had your choice of uh, going to Miami, Hawaii, Paris, you, you would choose Kenosha, oh, Wisconsin, wouldn't you? Choose? Clearly, yeah. I, here's what we do, and the Colonel make it a short, short version. There, of what you there do. is one that the most beautiful place in the country, and I know people will dis- dispute this and argue. They have their own personal opinions. Lake Michigan, to me, is the most serene, prettiest place in the country. Okay. Now, every summer, the colonel takes the three boys and the Mrs. Colonel and Rudy, who uh, we were actually planning on going to Canada. We are going to go up to Toronto and spend oh, a week up there. They won't let you in anymore, though, will they? And Taylor and Tanner, both, and the boys said, if Rudy can't go, it ain't a family vacation. We don't want to go. So anyway, what we Rudy's do— Rudy's not allowed in Canada? 
You can't take an animal. You can take one, but you have to have so many records and so many things can go wrong. Also, you can't have any outstanding warrants. And you can't have outstanding warrants. And Rutabaga's got a couple outstanding warrants. And you know what the thing is, too? You have to carry all around. They don't have bills anymore for money. You have to carry around all those loonies all over the place. Loonies. Yeah. Yeah. And then throw them at strippers and hope that they. That's called making it rain. If you do it too hard, it's. Yeah, it it makes knocks in the fire. Well, if you lay down on the stage and you put a loony on your nose, they have to squat. And pick it up. They don't have paper money in Canada yeah, anymore. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. But okay. they do have the loonies too. The loonies. But anyway, what we do every year is okay, we find a back. cabin on Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and we rent that cabin for a week, and we go up and we just relax and hang out with the boys. And I get to hear Taylor's tales of how the world is basically holocausting him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's quite amusing. Well, Colonel, I hope you have a good time while you're up there in. Uh, well, when you Canada. guys are doing a podcast, you send me a text. I will call in Wisconsin. It's right between Chicago and Milwaukee, right? Um, and but it sits right on the lake. Now, the thing that we're going to be missing, and I did not know that realize this um, until uh, actually Tiffany Bell told me about it because she lives in Michigan mm-hmm. and she, um, I think they have a place down in South Haven which is beautiful but it, it, on, when you're on the, on the east side of Lake Michigan I mean you just see spectacular sunsets just spectacular sunsets now if you're on the west side sunrise. you're not going to see those sunsets you're going to see the sunrise right um, now I get up early. So Tiffany had to clue you in on the fact that the sun sunrises and the sun sets. <laughs> yeah. Tiffany had to give me a geography lesson. I would I would hope on vacation to be drunk for both of those. Yes. Yeah. Well, or sleep. It's 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 funny, especially for the sunrise. Right. I've got you know drunk. one thing I learned on vacation that the boys turned twenty one. They turned twenty one last year, but I had no idea how much money beer costs because the colonel don't drink. Beer is not know. cheap. It is not cheap. And you know what Taylor told sent me one time? He sends me a text. I'm at the grocery store. He's like, buy this, blah, 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 uh, India Pale Ale. Yeah, and it's got to be a microbrew. And it's I was all like, motherfucker, like, you drinking Bud Light is yeah. what you're drinking. You're drinking out of a can, or you're coming up here buying this shit yourself. That's what you're doing. Right, yeah. But then right. they always talk me into buying the decent beer anyway. But I mean, I'll drink a beer every sucker. once in a while if I'm out. But, you know, I don't drink, I don't drink as a rule. Just Maybe like you should start. Maybe, yeah. maybe I should. I'm pretty sure Taylor's a functioning alcoholic. Um, Do you boy, drink, Brandy? Not much. So really, the three I of should us. really drink more. Yeah. We're almost teetotalists, Timmy. We're almost. I don't... The colonel does not let alcohol... You know, I don't let alcohol pass my lips. Uh, lips that touch uh, alcohol will not touch mine. Well, I've never said that mm-hmm. because alcohol has done more to aid in my... And my sexual gratification in any other thing, mm-hmm. you know, because the Mrs. Colonel sleeps well when she gets drunk, and then we can, you know, you can have your way with her. I can have my way with him, but um, no, I will uh, call in during the podcast. I know you won't. We're not going to do that, uh, Brandy. Any? <laughs> where can people find us, Brandy? Find us on Facebook. Yeah, I'll send you a postcard. I like that. We have two uh, Facebook pages. We have the History Dweebs page where we post a lot of history-related stuff. And then we have History Dweebs, the podcast. And that's where most of our listeners hang out and post amusing little tidbits about their lives and things. It's kind of a cool place. So if you're listening to us, um, join us on History Dweebs, the podcast on Facebook. Where else can people find us, Brandy? Well, we'll be at the closing ceremonies of the Olympics. We will not. Where else, Brandy? 
Find us on iTunes. Yes, please. Leave us a review. We got a nice review. I don't have my uh, phone with me, Hold but on, we, let me see we if I can pull got up. a nice review where someone said that they had listened to us in the past. They wasn't. Uh, they didn't really know what they thought about the show, and then they gave us a second uh, chance, and they really love us now. So give us a we, second we, chance. We grow on you like cancer. Look. Wow. Uh, where else can people find you us? You can just say fungus. Well, whatever. Where else can people find us? Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at History Dweebs One. It says, "Glad I gave him a second chance. Love the show. History. Uh, I listened a while back. Wasn't sure what I thought of the show. Um, that was probably. Uh, then I started listening again and caught up on all the episodes. History Dweebs is now one of my favorite shows. Yes, thank um, you very much. Who was that from? Um, and it is from Teak Sixty Two. Um, Oh, never seen this one. Great topics. Love the Colonel. Okay, thank you very much for that. We really love um, when we we look at, every day we check uh, iTunes reviews to see uh, if anyone has gave us a review. So we really appreciate that. That's how people find us. You can also find us on Stitcher and most podcast uh, apps. Um, You can find us almost everywhere. We're more popular than Captain Kangaroo. Yes. So we're damn near more popular than Mr. Green Jeans. Well, you know we're more popular than him. Yeah, I think he and Mr. Green Jeans. Yeah. All right. So uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to see you again next time on History Dweebs. Bye bye. Good day, listeners. Bye, everyone. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.